Amen, amen. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Amen? You may be seated. Well, good morning, everyone. Aloha. Aloha. And welcome. Welcome to the Salvation Army Croc Center. We're so glad that you're here this morning joining us in worship. It's a beautiful day to worship with brothers and sisters in Christ. If you're visiting with us this morning, we want to say a special aloha, a special welcome to you. Thank you for choosing to worship with us this morning. We know that you have a choice in where to worship, so thank you for joining us this morning. We hope you'll find a welcome place here, friendly people, people who love the Lord, people who love you as well, because we do love the Lord. So thank you for joining us this morning. It's always good to have uh, our leaders visiting with us, and uh, we often have our divisional leaders join us, and uh, they don't live too far away on the other side of the island. The other side, as I say, this is the good side. They live in the east side. We're a west side. Amen, right? But it's always good to have our divisional leaders, Majors John and Lonnie Chamness. Let's welcome them. And some of their divisional staff is here as well. It's always good to have you here, John and Lonnie. And it's always a special treat to have our territorial leaders with us. And um, they were with us just a few months ago. Some of you may remember them. Uh, they are Commissioners Kenneth and Jolene Hodder. Let's uh, greet them with a warm aloha. And some of you may recall when the commissioners spoke. Maybe this picture will help remind us of... Remember? He's the cheeseburger man. He spoke about that juicy cheeseburger. Brings back memories, right? Well, it's good to have the commissioners here. And I'm going to ask Commissioner Ken to come up and introduce our international leaders. Very much, thank you so much. Good morning, everyone. I have been dying to do this since I came back to the islands yesterday. Aloha! Wow, that is wonderful. I do appreciate that. Yes, in fact, my wife and I are back here again in the islands after a wonderful visit here earlier this year. And yes, I did use the image of the cheeseburger in my last sermon. I'm not going to talk about cheeseburgers today. I would, however, like to talk about the wonderful food that we had last night at the luau at Paradise Cove. Lummy salmon? Lumi. Lumi lomi. Lomi salmon. Lomi salmon, it was wonderful. It was delectable, and it had a wonderful flavor. I even enjoyed poi last night. I'd never had poi before. Yes. Yes, indeed. It was marvelous. So every time I come to Hawaii, I have a wonderful time either eating things I haven't eaten in many, many years, like cheeseburgers, or trying new things. So thank you again to Majors Chamness and to Majors Lum for all the hospitality and kindness you've extended to the Hotters. Well, friends, we had such a good time last time that we wanted to bring two more very special guests here to the Croc Center in Hawaii. The concept of ohana is critical to the culture of Hawaii. This is something of which I've become very conscious. It's a beautiful concept. So we have brought with us, if you will, the spiritual parents of the Salvation Army ohana around the world, which encompasses 128 countries and six continents. 
General Andre Cox was born in Zimbabwe of Swiss parents, and Commissioner Sylvia Cox was born of European officers in Argentina. So they are people who understand international ohana. In fact, when he was elected general in 2013, General Cox said that he dreamt of a Salvation Army in which all cultures would be celebrated by virtue of the spiritual ties that bind us together. What a beautiful concept. What a beautiful ohana. Friends, will you please join me in greeting the international leaders of the Salvation Army, General Andre Cox and Commissioner Sylvia Cox. Hallelujah. It was a great sight to see all those people on the platform. And I'm sure that won't be the only one. There will be more in the future because more people are going to go to the courses and become junior soldier, soldiers or adherents. It's a pleasure to be with you. I thank you for your nice welcome. We are happy to have been able to come to Hawaii and discover this beautiful country, this beautiful island and the beautiful people that you all represent. So we praise the Lord that we had this opportunity to come. The Bible reading this morning is Matthew 13, verse 31 to 35 then 44 to 46. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. Thought it is the smallest of all your seed, yet when it grows, it is the largest of the garden plants and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and perch in its branches. He told them Still another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into a large amount of flour until it worked all through the doors. Jesus spoke all these things to the crowd in parable. He did not say anything to them without using a parable. So was fulfilled what was spoken through the prophet. I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter things hindered since the creation of the world. And then verse 44 to 46. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. May God bless his word. Amen. Let me just adjust this for a normal sized person. Well, it really is great to be here. We've enjoyed every moment and the opportunity to visit what has to be part of paradise. Certainly it's some of the things we represent when we think of the beauty of heaven. I think the beauty of Hawaii is a good start and you should be well on your way uh, in your faith journey simply because of the privilege you have for living here. I've been contemplating in these days and saying, well, this would be a nice place to retire. 
And then I realized I probably wouldn't be able to afford much more than a two-man tent on a beach. And it might be a little bit difficult. Uh, And as we look around and as we think of uh, the many people who are privileged living here, uh, I know that for some it represents a challenge because the cost of living and the cost of being able to afford a home is incredible. Uh, It's a neat way of keeping people like me away from the island, I guess. But um, yes, there are many, many privileged people. As we travel around the world, I'm often confronted with the reality that, you know, when the Salvation Army commenced in 1865 in the East End of London, literally we were rescuing people off the streets. People were coming into our places of worship from broken homes. People were coming into our places of worship from extreme poverty. People were coming into our places of worship Um, shackled by the addiction of alcohol. The Salvation Army, since its beginning, has had a mandate to bring the gospel message to the poorest of the poor, to the excluded, to the marginalized. And that's still our calling today. And yet, as we travel around, the reality is the Salvation Army's moved on in 152 years of history. Um, and there is a temptation for us to become disconnected to the reality of the poor and the marginalized in our world because a lot of us no longer belong to that constituency. God has blessed our families over the generations and we have moved on. And the danger for us is to be so settled and disconnected with the reality of the world in which uh, we live. You know, you come to a place like Hawaii and you see the lifestyles that people aspire to. You go to the shopping malls, and I was guilty of that yesterday, but it was for a good cause, so I could walk in the sponsored walk or whatever it is in the coming weekend. People consuming and consuming and consuming. And we've become a society in many nations where we live to consume. Um, Sometimes we become a people who are consumed with the desire to possess things and material things. And we think that all of life is about the next best thing that we can buy. Uh, the next best thing that we can possess. Um, The meaning of life seems to be linked to material value, money, the things that we possess. And yet in a world where we consume more than the earth is able to replenish in its resources... I wonder, do we actually know the true value of things? We consume, but do we know the value of things? As we travel around the world, we recognize that there are tremendous things of beauty, sounds, sights, and wonders that we see. What we sometimes fail to see is in all of this beauty, in the perfection of creation in the provision of God, 
we sometimes fail to understand and to see God's kingdom here in the present. We're so busy with our lives and our priorities. And in a sense, the scripture reminds us that we have to choose what we aim for in life. And we can spend a whole life consuming, enjoying all that this world has to offer. And we can miss the point of what life is all about. The opportunity for us to connect with a creator God who reaches down to us and who wants to have a relationship with us. I don't know your situation. I don't know where you come from. But I do ask the question, how valuable is that incredible gift of eternal life that God has given to each one of us this morning? And if you had to make a choice, what would you be willing to give up in order to grab hold of that great prize? Well, I certainly enjoy reading the Gospels um, because in the Gospels we, we have a direct quotations of what Jesus said, his words. And when you look at the 13th chapter uh, of Matthew's Gospel, there's an incredibly important amount of teaching that comes from our Lord and Master Jesus Christ. The actual words that he spoke as he was Uh, teaching his disciples and those who are following him. And I'd just like to say that uh, we want to encourage you to read the Word of God, and perhaps you should spend some time, we haven't got time this morning, but you've got time perhaps in the day to read Matthew chapter 13 for yourself and reflect on what Jesus is saying here in these passages of Scripture. Because the words that Jesus speaks are words that literally shape our lives. And no matter what you hear in the press, no matter what you see in the world around you, no matter how negative the messages are in the world today, it's important that you are able to see God's kingdom, that God's kingdom is present in our world today. It is important that you can hear God's voice speaking to you. And more importantly, it's important that you see and realize that no matter what the world says, no matter what the situation, God's kingdom in the world is growing. And we see that all around the world. I don't know what your hopes and dreams are for your life. I hope you do have hopes and dreams because there's nothing sadder than people who have lost all hope. So hopefully you are a people that have hope for a future and dreams for a future. But what is the purpose of your life? If you want your life to truly count, if you want to make a difference, 
first of all, you have to make some choices and you have to choose the things that are fundamental and most important for you. Perhaps we have to consider, as we think of the great value of the kingdom of God, as we think of the value of eternal life that God offers to us, What are the trade-offs? What are the things that we can do without? What are the things we want to let go of to make sure that we don't miss out on the essential that God has for us? And that's really the crux of what Jesus is teaching here in those few short verses that uh, we read this morning. Part of our problem is that we are often blinded in this world with all of the beauty and the sights and the sounds and the offers that the world brings and the material things that we can possess that we fail to fully understand how incredibly valuable and important our relationship with God is. Our relationship with God is about life and death. You know, we were singing just a few moments moments ago about the healing that comes. Well, I know there are people in this congregation who are on a journey perhaps with health concerns. You know, a couple of years ago, I was diagnosed with lung cancer, a deadly disease. Do material things actually matter when you have got a cancer? When you don't know whether you will be here in six months, 12 months time? Money is of no use. Let me say rank and position are of no use. The only thing that counts is your relationship with God. Our relationship with God is about life and death. It's about knowing that we are loved. It's about security. It's about certainty when it comes to our eternal destiny. And I asked the question this morning, can you put a price on that? And in all our rabid consumerism in the world, is not that relationship more valuable? And in these three short verses, Jesus just gives us two illustrations about the kingdom of God. And he talks about a field in which a treasure is hidden. And when the man discovers this treasure in the field, he goes away, he sells everything he's got. He gets rid of everything so he can buy that field. And then the illustration of the pearl of great price. And the man who finds that pearl goes away. He sells everything he's got to grab hold of that pearl which is more precious than anything else. And here Jesus is saying to us, there are things in life, there is something in life that is more fundamental, more valuable than anything else. And he's saying to us, you can have it, but maybe you've got to let go of something so you can grab hold. 
In the two parables, Jesus speaks about the immense value of the kingdom of God, the immense value of a relationship with God. He tells us this is something. You know, we talk about blue chip investments and all sorts of things until Moody's downgrades us or, you know, the values in the world suddenly fritter. This is a blue chip investment, says Jesus. But at the same time, it's a call to commitment. It's all well and good to say, well, I want to be blessed by God. I want to be healed by God. Well, God wants to do that for each one of us, but he wants to do that because he wants to engage us in building his kingdom. He doesn't want us to sit as spectators in a place of worship. And in a sense, Jesus says to us this morning, well, here is a pearl of great price, a relationship with God, certainty about our eternal destiny. But if we want it, We've got to commit everything. It's all or nothing. No half measures. We've got to grab hold of it with both hands. So it is a call to total commitment in seeking God's kingdom, in seeking God's will for our lives, in our willingness to submit our lives to the will and purposes of God. The coming of the kingdom has a profound and radical effect in the life of the, of the believer. Jesus came into a world that had largely turned its back on God. He came into a world where the religious people of his day were caught up in the rituals and in the outward form of religion. But there was no relationship. And you know, in our 21st century, there are people who think, well, I go to church regularly. Some people think it's enough, actually, to go to church at Easter and Christmas and to be baptized, to be married. They don't know when they're taken into the church when they're being buried, but those are sometimes the only time people will come to a place of worship. And we think that because we come, because we perform the rituals, because we sing the songs, because we raise our hands, that that's enough. But the coming of the kingdom is not about religious practices. It's about relationship. It's about a living and growing relationship with God. And so Jesus comes with a call a call to repentance, a call to turn our hearts back to God. Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is near. How does that change the way that we live in this world? If we truly repent, it means that we turn away from idolatry. And in our generation, dare I say, we turn away from the worship of material things. We turn away from evil. We turn away from sin. If we're truly repentant, we turn to the word of God. We seek God with all our hearts. We seek God with all our minds. 
I hope that we are a people who know how to treasure the word of God. Today's reading is a reminder that we need to open our spiritual eyes. You know, at the beginning of the reading, there was reference to yeast, something you don't see when it's at work, but you see the effects of yeast in the loaf of bread. Talks about a mustard seed that's so small, so tiny, that people would overlook it, and yet it grows into something so big and so vast. And that's the effect of the kingdom of God, and it's a reality in our world today. And the reading is a reminder that we need to use our spiritual sight, our spiritual eyes, to see what God is doing in our work. Jesus said the kingdom of God is growing. But then he reminds us that the kingdom of God is a of such a value that we just cannot even grasp it. We cannot imagine it. And you know, there are many people who have come to faith, many people who have discovered that pearl of great price. And those people have come to faith in Christ. They have become Christians. And they have had to stand up and to face persecution and suffering and hardship because of their faith. And there are many Christians around the world today who are being martyred because they are Christian, because of their faith. But they grab hold of that pearl of great price and they realize that no matter what the circumstances, nothing can separate us from the love of God. As Paul told us, Nothing can separate us from the the presence of God. Sometimes there is a price to pay in following Jesus. And there are many people in the world today who come to Jesus and would love the healing, would love the blessing, would love to feel included And warmly embraced. But we're called to do more than that. We're called to give up all for Jesus. And so he completes this teaching in Matthew 13. And Jesus in this chapter actually begins to talk about the end times. And I know for generations when there were when the nuclear arms were proliferating around the world and as the tensions rose, people thought the end of the world was coming. And in every age, the people think the end of the world is coming. Well, one day it will. And we're not in living in any safer or easier times now in this generation than we were in the 50s or any other time. Uh, in our lifetimes. Jesus says there will be an end. There is a day of judgment coming. And then he reminds us there are those that claim to follow him. 
And so Jesus said actually in Matthew chapter 7 verse 21, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven, but only he or she who does the will of my Father. That's selling everything we've got to grab hold of that pool of of great price. The willingness to give up our all and to acknowledge that Jesus is our Lord and Savior. We've got to be willing to give up everything to grab hold of what God is offering us. And you'll be familiar, I'm sure, with the, the story in Luke's Gospel, chapter 18, where a rich young ruler comes to Jesus and says to him, Master, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And if you read that story in Luke's Gospel, chapter 8, verses 18 to 25, you will see that interaction of a man who was seeking, a man who knew there was something bigger and something better. And then Jesus says to him, you're just lacking one thing. You're not lacking in faith. You've recognized there is something greater. But where you are lacking, he says, you've got to sell everything. Give all your money to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven. And the Bible tells us that rich young man went away sad because he owned many things. And he didn't realize how poor he was. I wonder sometimes if few people in our developed countries respond to God's call to God's claims upon their lives simply because they're blinded with all of the material wealth that they have. If we think because we have material wealth, we have everything, then we are fools indeed. You cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven and want to hang on to the world. So the question must be asked this morning. What value do you see in the kingdom of heaven? What are you willing to give up in order to own such a treasure? Well, when it comes to our relationship with God, when it comes to certainty about our eternal future, Jesus says there is no room for compromise. It's either or. Take it or leave it. We have a clear choice to make, and there can be no half measures. And Jesus actually says, if when you look at that pearl of great price, when you look at that treasure in the field, if you think it's not good enough, you're free to walk away. Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is near. He came so that we could take up our place in God's kingdom. He calls us to commit ourselves to the task of building his kingdom here on earth. Because he wants other people to discover that treasure for themselves. God still reaches out. God still speaks to us in this age. But Jesus reminds us we have choices to make. We can hang on to what we've got 
or we can let go and grab hold of something much bigger, much better, of much greater value. What is God asking you perhaps to let go of so that you can receive something of far greater value? Well, we can all have our hopes and our ambitions. We can have our own dreams for this world. But nothing compares with knowing that we are in a right relationship with God. You're not on this earth to be entertained. You're not on this earth just to enjoy yourself. God wants to use your life to build that relationship with you so that you have a secure future. God is calling you to make a difference in this world. He wants to give purpose and meaning to your life. And so as we come to the end of our service here this morning, the opportunity is going to be given for us to come and to make use of the place of prayer. There's nothing magic in these wooden benches here. It is simply a place where we can connect with God, where we can become sensitive to God's presence. And if it would help you this morning, the worship group's going to help us singing a beautiful song, Guardian of My Soul. Just look at those words. And perhaps as they sing this morning, this is your opportunity to come. And so we're just going to spend some time listening to the music. Perhaps we'll sing it a couple of times. Listen to the piano playing this beautiful melody. But this is your opportunity this morning. Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is near. It's near because he is here. If you want to connect with him this morning, then come and make use of the place of prayer as we sing. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for the moving of your Holy Spirit this morning. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your messenger. We thank you for the response. We thank you, Lord, because you are a God who loves us, loves us with an everlasting love. We thank you, Lord, that you are a God who wants to be in relationship with us. You gave us your only son to die on the cross. We thank you, Father, for that. And Father, we thank you because you are a God who who cares and understands. And Lord, even as we draw our service to a close this morning, we continue to lift up our praise to you. We continue to lift up our prayers, our needs, our burdens, and we want to hand them over to you, Lord. And Father, I pray, I pray that your peace, your peace, the peace that passes all understanding, will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Thank you, Father. We love you and we praise you. And we pray all of these things in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. You may be seated.